I'm Wayne Turner, and welcome to the daily podcast of Bible Track. I've developed Bible Track to be both a commentary and a daily Bible reading schedule. These podcasts cover the text and commentary, which may be found at www.bibletrack.org. So, for those who have a busy schedule but do have time to listen to the Bible being read, this podcast is for you. At the end of one year, you will have gone completely through the Bible. Today we're reading 2 Kings chapter 18, beginning with verse 13, down to chapter 19, verse 37, which is the end of the chapter. 2 Chronicles chapter 32, verses 9 through 22, and the entirety of Isaiah chapters 36 and 37. These chapters all parallel, and that's why we read them all together today. This is the new King James Version of the podcast. The King James Version is also available. So first, let's get a word about this incredible prophecy and the turn of events that followed. Now first, we need to set up today's reading with a little bit of history that we get from the first part of 2 Kings 18 and uh, 2 Chronicles chapters 29 to 32, verse 8. Uh, first of all, Sennacherib, the king of Assyria, has conquered the entire region surrounding Jerusalem, including the northern kingdom of Israel and the walled cities of Judah, except, of course, for Jerusalem, because only Jerusalem remains unconquered. Hezekiah, who was the good king of Judah, tries to avoid takeover by sending a large tribute to Sennacherib. He was the Assyrian king. It doesn't satisfy the king of Assyria, though. So at 701 B.C. and Sennacherib has Jerusalem surrounded and cut off with several hundred thousand soldiers. In desperation, Hezekiah sends for advice from the prophet Isaiah. Isaiah prophesies that Jerusalem will not fall to the Assyrians, which is a remarkable prophecy in light of their very bleak circumstances. And then in an incredible turn of events, 185,000 of the Assyrian soldiers surrounding Jerusalem miraculously dropped dead one night. At the same time, word comes that the king of Assyria has trouble back home, which needs immediate attention. So the Assyrians leave Jerusalem unconquered, and they return home, never to return for a second effort. Now, with that background and set up for today's reading, uh, let's go ahead and begin reading Second Kings chapter 18, beginning with verse 13. And in the fourteenth year of King Hezekiah, Sennacherib, king of Assyria, came up against all the fortified cities of Judah and took them. Then Hezekiah, king of Judah, sent to the king of Assyria at Lachish, saying, I have done wrong, turn away from me, and whatever you impose on me I will pay. And the king of Assyria assessed Hezekiah, king of Judah, three hundred talents of silver and thirty talents of gold. So Hezekiah gave him all the silver that was found in the house of the Lord and in the treasuries of the king's house. At that time Hezekiah stripped the gold from the doors of the temple of the Lord and from the pillars which Hezekiah, king of Judah, had overlaid and gave it to the king of Assyria." So here we are, Sennacherib, who reigned from 705 to 681 B.C. over Assyria. He's the new king of Assyria at this point. So let's take a moment to once again reiterate some facts about Assyria. Assyria is not the country of Syria. Assyria became a vast empire that sucked up the other countries in that entire region. Assyria was a military kingdom which had established itself by a successful revolt from Babylonia nearly 50 years earlier. Its seat was right there in modern-day Iraq next to the Tigris River. At this point in time, the inhabitants of the former Babylonian Empire 
were now subject to the rule of the Assyrians, as were also all of the countries in that region of the world. As we see in these verses, all the fenced cities of Judah, with the exception of Jerusalem, fell to Sennacherib. Hezekiah sought to pay a tribute in lieu of an Assyrian invasion on Jerusalem, ravages his own temple to cough up the funds, since when is a world conqueror satisfied until he's actually conquered? Sennacherib takes the gold and silver, but Hezekiah's tribute only causes Sennacherib to crave more. You'll notice as we read today that Second Kings chapters 18 and 19 contain near identical text as Isaiah chapters 36 and 37. Second Chronicles 32 only gives a brief summary of these events, the passages are shown side by side for comparative purposes in the written notes of BibleTrack.org for today. Now, let me say to really appreciate the parallel of Second Kings 18 with Isaiah 36 and Second Chronicles 32 here. Uh, you really got to be looking at it. I have them in a table side by side. So what I think I'll do is uh, divide them up as I have them divided up here in the passage. And so I'm going to first of all read from Isaiah 36 verse 1. Now it came to pass in the fourteenth year of King Hezekiah that Sennacherib, king of Assyria, came up against all the fortified cities of Judah and took them. Now let's go over to Second Kings chapter 18 and verse 17. Then the king of Assyria sent the Tartan, the Rabsaras, and the Rabshaka from Lachish with a great army against Jerusalem to King Hezekiah. And they went up and came to Jerusalem. When they had come up, they went and stood by the aqueduct from the upper pool, which was on the highway to the fuller's field. And when they had called to the king Eliakim, the son of Hilkiah, who was over the household of Shebna, the scribe, and Joah, the son of Asaph, the recorder, came out to them. Now over to Isaiah 36, verses 2 and 3. Then the king of Assyria sent the Rabshakeh with a great army from Lachish to King Hezekiah at Jerusalem, and he stood by the aqueduct from the upper pool on the highway to the fuller's field. And Eliakim, the son of Hilkiah, who was over the household of Shebna, the scribe, and Joah, the son of Asaph, the recorder, came out to him. Now over to Second Chronicles 32, verse 9. After this, Sennacherib, king of Assyria, sent his servants to Jerusalem, but he and all the forces with him laid siege against Lachish, to Hezekiah, king of Judah, and to all Judah who were in Jerusalem, saying, now over to Second Kings chapter 18, verse 19, to see what he said. Then the Rabshakeh said to them, Say now to Hezekiah, thus says the great king, the king of Assyria, What confidence is this in which you trust? You speak of having plans and power for war, but they are mere words. And in whom do you trust that you rebel against me? Now look, you are trusting in the staff of this broken reed Egypt, on which if a man leans it will go into his hand and pierce it. So is Pharaoh king of Egypt to all who trust in him. But if you say to me, We trust in the Lord our God, is it not he whose high places and whose altars Hezekiah has taken away and said to Judah and Jerusalem, You shall worship before this altar in Jerusalem? Now let's see the account in Isaiah chapter 36, verse 4. Then the Rabshakeh said to them, Say now to Hezekiah, thus says the great king, the king of Assyria, what confidence is this in which you trust? I say you speak of having plans and power for war, but they are mere words. Now in whom do you trust that you rebel against me? Look, you are trusting in the staff of this broken reed Egypt, on which if a man leans it will go into his hand and pierce it. 
so is Pharaoh king of Egypt to all who trust in him. But if you say to me, we trust in the Lord our God, is it not he whose high places and whose altars Hezekiah has taken away and said to Judah and Jerusalem, you shall worship before this altar? Now over to Second Chronicles 32, beginning with verse 10. Thus says Sennacherib, king of Assyria, In what do you trust that you remain under siege in Jerusalem? Does not Hezekiah persuade you to give yourselves over to die by famine and by thirst, saying, The Lord our God will deliver us from the hand of the king of Assyria? Has not the same Hezekiah taken away his high places and his altars and commanded Judah and Jerusalem, saying, You shall worship before one altar and burn incense on it? All right, as we continue to read on, we'll go back to Second Kings chapter 18, now verse 23. Now, therefore, I urge you, give a pledge to my master, the king of Assyria, and I will give you 2,000 horses if you are able on your part to put riders on them. How then will you repel one captain of the least of my master's servants and put your trust in Egypt for chariots and horsemen? Have I now come up without the Lord against this place to destroy it? The Lord said to me, Go up against this land and destroy it. Now let's see how this section's worded over in Isaiah chapter 36, verse 8. Now therefore I urge you, give a pledge to my master the king of Assyria, and I will give you two thousand horses, if you are able on your part to put riders on them. How then will you repel one captain of the least of my master's servants, and put your trust in Egypt for chariots and horsemen? Have I now come up without the Lord against this land to destroy it? The Lord said to me, Go up against this land and destroy it. Now over to Second Chronicles chapter 32, verse 13. Do you not know what I and my fathers have done to all the peoples of other lands? Were the gods of the nations of those lands in any way able to deliver their lands out of my hand? Who was there among all the gods of those nations that my fathers utterly destroyed that could deliver his people from my hand, that your God should be able to deliver you from my hand? Now therefore do not let Hezekiah deceive you or persuade you like this. Do not believe him, for no god of any nation or kingdom was able to deliver his people from my hand or the hand of my fathers. How much less will your God deliver you from my hand?" Now let's move back over to 2 Kings chapter 18 as we continue the story to verse 26. Then Eliakim, the son of Hilkiah, Shebna, and Joah said to the Rabshakeh, Please speak to your servants in Aramaic, for we understand it, and do not speak to us in Hebrew in the hearing of the people who are on the wall. But the Rabshakeh said to them, Has my master sent to your master and to you to speak these words? and not to the men who sit on the wall, who will eat and drink their own waste with you? Now to Isaiah thirty-six eleven. Then Eliakim, Shebna, and Joah said to the Rabshakeh, Please speak to your servants in Aramaic, for we understand it, and do not speak to us in Hebrew in the hearing of the people who are on the wall. But the Rabshakeh said, Has my master sent me to your master and to you to speak these words, and not to the men who sit on the wall? who will eat and drink their own waste with you. Now over to Second Chronicles 32, verse 16. Furthermore, his servant spoke against the Lord God and against his servant Hezekiah. He also wrote letters to revile the Lord God of Israel and to speak against him, saying, As the gods of the nations of other lands have not delivered their people from my hand, 
so the God of Hezekiah will not deliver his people from my hand. Now back over to Second Kings chapter 18, verse 28. Then the Rabshakeh stood and called out with a loud voice in Hebrew and spoke, saying, Hear the word of the great king, the king of Assyria. Thus says the king, Do not let Hezekiah deceive you, for he shall not be able to deliver you from his hand. Nor let Hezekiah make you trust in the Lord, saying, The Lord will surely deliver us. This city shall not be given into the hand of the king of Assyria. Do not listen to Hezekiah, for thus says the king of Assyria, Make peace with me by a present, and come out to me, and every one of you eat from his own vine, and every one from his own fig tree, and every one of you drink the waters of his own cistern. Until I come and take you away to a land like your own land, a land of grain and new wine, a land of bread and vineyards, a land of olive groves and honey, that you may live and not die. But do not listen to Hezekiah, lest he persuade you, saying, The Lord will deliver us. As any of the gods of the nations at all delivered the land from the hand of the king of Assyria? Now over to Isaiah chapter 36, verse 13. Then the Rabshakeh stood and called out with a loud voice in Hebrew and said, Hear the words of the great king, the king of Assyria. Thus says the king, Do not let Hezekiah deceive you, for he will not be able to deliver you, nor let Hezekiah make you trust in the Lord, saying, The Lord will surely deliver us. This city will not be given into the hand of the king of Assyria. Do not listen to Hezekiah, for thus says the king of Assyria, Make peace with me by a present, and come out to me, and every one of you eat from his own vine, and every one from his own fig tree, and every one of you drink the waters of his own cistern, until I come and take you away to a land like your own land, a land of grain and new wine, a land of bread and vineyards, Beware lest Hezekiah persuade you, saying, The Lord will deliver us, as any one of the gods of the nations delivered its land from the hand of the king of Assyria. Now over to Second Chronicles 32, verses 18 and 19. Then they called out with a loud voice in Hebrew to the people of Jerusalem who were on the wall to frighten them and trouble them that they might take the city. And they spoke against the God of Jerusalem as against the gods of the people of the earth, the work of men's hands. Now we're going to go back over to Second Kings chapter 18, verse 34. Where are the gods of Hamath and Arpad? Where are the gods of Saravaim and Hena and Iva? Indeed, have they delivered Samaria from my hand? Who among all the gods of the lands have delivered their countries from my hand, that the Lord should deliver Jerusalem from my hand? But the people held their peace and answered him not a word, for the king's commandment was, Do not answer him. Then Eliakim, the son of Hilkiah, who was over the household, Shebna the scribe, and Joah the son of Asaph, the recorder, came to Hezekiah with their clothes torn and told him the words of the Rabshakeh. Now over to Isaiah chapter 36, verse 19. Where are the gods of Hamath and Arpad? Where are the gods of Sepharvaim? Indeed, have they delivered Samaria from my hand? Who among all the gods of these lands have delivered their countries from my hand, that the Lord should deliver Jerusalem from my hand? But they held their peace and answered him not a word, for the king's commandment was, Do not answer him. Then Eliakim, the son of Hilkiah, who was over the household of Shebna the scribe, 
And Joah, the son of Asaph, the recorder, came to Hezekiah with their clothes torn and told him the words of the Rabshakeh. You'll notice that the text of 2 Kings chapter 18, verses 17 to 37 is nearly identical to that of Isaiah chapter 36, verses 2 through 22. The Second Chronicles 32 account summarizes but abbreviates some of the account here. Hezekiah has lost all the fortified cities of Judah to Assyria. Only Jerusalem of the fortified cities remains. After Hezekiah tries to buy Sennacherib off, King Sennacherib is in Judah with his army, but he sends Rabshakeh, one of the officers, with a great army to speak to Hezekiah in Jerusalem. He hollers out some pretty intimidating threats in Hebrew that are to be reported to Hezekiah, but really they're designed to intimidate everybody within earshot. He points out that Egypt won't be able to help Jerusalem because they are weak, and the Assyrian army has occupied the territory between Egypt and Judah anyway. The Rabshakeh demonstrates his lack of understanding of Israel's worship when he suggests that Hezekiah has destroyed the worship centers of Jehovah, leaving only Jerusalem as a place of worship. He's referring to the pagan altars that Hezekiah had removed during his reign. He then taunts the men of Jerusalem by saying that if Assyria were to provide 2,000 horses, Hezekiah wouldn't even be able to supply the 2,000 fighting men for an army. It's kind of a wager, it appears. This silver-tongued devil, so to speak, goes so far as to say that it was Jehovah who told him to come against Jerusalem, which is, by the way, a big fat lie. When it was requested that he speak his words in Aramaic instead of Hebrew, so the other Jerusalem dwellers would not be able to understand his threatenings, he insists that they need to hear their fate under King Hezekiah by reinforcing this point in a disgustingly graphic way in 2 Kings 18.27 and Isaiah 36, verse 12. Finally, the Rabshakeh proclaims for all to hear that none of the gods of the other conquered nations had been able to prevent the siege of the Assyrians. The Rabshakeh tells them that if they surrender, they'll not die but they will be deported to quality real estate in a foreign land. All in all, it was a pretty depressing day in Jerusalem. This event was similar to the leaflets the United States dropped to the people of Hiroshima prior to the devastation of that city in World War II. The king of Assyria intended for Rabshakeh's intimidating message to bring about a grassroots movement for the surrender of Jerusalem. Well, after this rather intimidating ordeal... Hezekiah, King Hezekiah, then consults with Isaiah. We'll be reading 2 Kings chapter 19, verses 1 through 7, and Isaiah chapter 37, verses 1 through 7. 2 Kings 19, 1. And it was so when King Hezekiah heard of it, that he tore his clothes and covered himself with sackcloth and went into the house of the Lord. Then he sent Eliakim, who was over the household, Shebna the scribe, and the elders of the people, covered with sackcloth, to Isaiah the prophet, the son of Amoz. And they said to him, Thus says Hezekiah, This day is a day of trouble and rebuke and blasphemy, for the children have come to birth, but there is no strength to bring them forth. It may be that the Lord your God will hear all the words of the Rabshakeh, whom his master the king of Assyria has sent to reproach the living God, and will rebuke the words which the Lord your God has heard. Therefore lift up your prayer for the remnant that is left. So the servants of king Hezekiah came to Isaiah, and Isaiah said to them, Thus you shall say to your master, Thus says the Lord, Do not be afraid of the words which you have heard, with which the servants of the king of Assyria have blasphemed me. Surely I will send a spirit upon him, and he shall hear a rumor and return to his own land, 
and I will cause him to fall by the sword in his own land. Now over to Isaiah chapter 37, beginning with verse 1. And so it was when King Hezekiah heard it, that he tore his clothes and covered himself with sackcloth and went into the house of the Lord. Then he sent Eliakim, who was over the household, Shebna the scribe, and the elders of the priests covered with sackcloth to Isaiah the prophet, the son of Amoz. And they said to him, Thus says Hezekiah, This day is a day of trouble and rebuke and blasphemy, for the children have come to birth, but there is no strength to bring them forth. It may be that the Lord your God will hear the words of the Rabshakeh, whom his master the king of Assyria has sent to reproach the living God, and will rebuke the words which the Lord your God has heard. Therefore lift up your prayer for the remnant that is left. So the servants of King Hezekiah came to Isaiah. And Isaiah said to them, Thus you shall say to your master, Thus says the Lord, Do not be afraid of the words which you have heard, with which the servants of the king of Assyria have blasphemed me. Surely I will send a spirit upon him, and he shall hear a rumor, and return to his own land, and I will cause him to fall by the sword in his own land. Now you'll notice the identical accounts by the writer of Second Kings and Isaiah. There is no similar account, by the way, in Second Chronicles regarding these events. It seems to me that it might have been a better idea to consult God's man Isaiah before Hezekiah sent all his wealth to Sennacherib. For impact, let's assess the situation. Here's little old Jerusalem surrounded by hundreds of thousands of Assyrian soldiers who've just conquered all of Jerusalem's neighboring countries along with a large chunk of Judah itself. Now only a little dot on the map, that being Jerusalem, still remains unconquered. And the guy outside says it's hopeless to resist. He's even admitted that surrender means deportation to a favorable land, but fighting means death. While everybody else in Jerusalem panics, King Hezekiah sends his leaders to Isaiah for consultation. At this point, Isaiah sends a message by them to Hezekiah saying that Jerusalem will not fall. Isaiah tells Hezekiah that God will send Sennacherib and his big old army packing back to Assyria because of a rumored uprising there. Now that is a remarkable prophecy. In our next section of scripture, the Rabshakeh goes home, but he writes back in 2 Kings chapter 19, verses 8 through 14, and Isaiah chapter 37, verses 8 through 14. 2 Kings 19, verse 8. Then the Rabshakeh returned and found the king of Assyria warring against Libna, for he heard that he had departed from Lachish. And the king heard concerning Terhaka, king of Ethiopia, Look, he has come out to make war with you. So he again sent messengers to Hezekiah, saying, Thus you shall speak to Hezekiah, king of Judah, saying, Do not let your God in whom you trust deceive you, saying, Jerusalem shall not be given into the hand of the king of Assyria. Look, you have heard what the kings of Assyria have done to all lands by utterly destroying them, and shall you be delivered? Have the gods of the nations delivered those whom my fathers have destroyed? Gozan and Haran and Rezef and the people of Eden who were in Telassar? Where is the king of Hamath, the king of Arpad, and the king of the city of Sepharvaim, Hina, and Iva? And Hezekiah received the letter from the hand of the messengers and read it. And Hezekiah went up to the house of the Lord and spread it before the Lord. Now over to Isaiah chapter 37 verse 8. Then the Rabshakeh returned and found the king of Assyria warring against Libna, for he heard that he had departed from Lachish. And the king heard concerning Tirhaka, king of Ethiopia, He has come out to make war with you. 
So when he heard it, he sent messengers to Hezekiah, saying, Thus you shall speak to Hezekiah, king of Judah, saying, Do not let your God in whom you trust deceive you, saying, Jerusalem shall not be given into the hand of the king of Assyria. Look, you have heard what the kings of Assyria have done to all lands by utterly destroying them, and shall you be delivered? Have the gods of the nations delivered those whom my fathers have destroyed, Gozan and Haran and Rezeph, and the people of Eden who were in Telassar? Where is the king of Hamath, the king of Arpad, and the king of the city of Sepharvaim, Hena, and Iva? And Hezekiah received the letter from the hand of the messengers and read it. And Hezekiah went up to the house of the Lord and spread it before the Lord. Again, I should point out that Second Kings 19 and Isaiah 37 are nearly identical, but there are no comparable details in Second Chronicles. After his return to Assyria, King Sennacherib, who's fighting near Jerusalem in Libna, Rabshakeh sends a messenger telling Hezekiah that while he's just dodged a bullet, it's just a matter of time he's going to fall. He's a typical bully. He's going to tell you what he can do without really doing it. In our next section, Hezekiah prays. This is 2 Kings chapter 19, verses 15 through 19, 2 Chronicles chapter 32, verse 20, and Isaiah chapter 37, verses 15 through 20. 2 Kings 19, verse 15. Then Hezekiah prayed before the Lord and said, O Lord God of Israel, the one who dwells between the cherubim, you are God, you alone, of all the kingdoms of the earth, you have made heaven and earth. Incline your ear, O Lord, and hear, open your eyes, O Lord, and see, and hear the words of Sennacherib, which he has sent to reproach the living God. Truly, Lord, the kings of Assyria have laid waste the nations and their lands, and have cast their gods into the fire, for they were not gods, but the work of men's hands, wood and stone. Therefore they destroy them. Now therefore, O Lord our God, I pray, save us from his hand, that all the kingdoms of the earth may know that you are the Lord God, you alone. Now, Isaiah chapter 37, beginning with verse 15. Then Hezekiah prayed to the Lord, saying, O Lord of hosts, God of Israel, the one who dwells between the cherubim, you are God, you alone of all the kingdoms of the earth, you have made heaven and earth. Incline your ear, O Lord, and hear. Open your eyes, O Lord, and see. And hear all the words of Sennacherib, which he has sent to reproach the living God. Truly, Lord, the kings of Assyria have laid waste all the nations and their lands, and have cast their gods into the fire, for they were not gods, but the work of men's hands, wood and stone. Therefore they destroyed them. Now therefore, O Lord our God, save us from his hand, that all the kingdoms of the earth may know that you are the Lord, you alone." And then Second Chronicles 32, just one verse, verse 20. Now because of this, King Hezekiah and the prophet Isaiah, the son of Amos, prayed and cried out to heaven. Now you'll notice again that Second Kings 19 and Isaiah 37 give near identical accounts of Hezekiah's prayer here. Second Chronicles 32 simply says that Hezekiah prayed. Hey, why didn't we think of this earlier? After outlining Jehovah's greatness, Hezekiah gets to the point. Show the nations the power of the God of Judah. Though from a practical perspective, things look pretty hopeless, Hezekiah takes the letter from Isaiah and goes to pray for deliverance. I like Hezekiah's appeal to God in 2 Kings chapter 19, verse 19, and Isaiah 37, 20. It says, Now therefore, O Lord our God, 
I pray, save us from his hand, that all the kingdoms of the earth may know that you are the Lord God, you alone. After all, the Assyrian king Sennacherib had not just challenged Jerusalem, he had challenged Jerusalem's God. Then in our next section of Scripture, Isaiah gets a prophetic word from God. No Jerusalem for the king of Assyria. We're reading 2 Kings chapter 19, verses 20 to 34, and Isaiah chapter 37, verses 21 to 35. 2 Kings 19, verse 20. Then Isaiah, the son of Amos, sent to Hezekiah, saying, Thus says the Lord God of Israel, Because you have prayed to me against Sennacherib, king of Assyria, I have heard. This is the word which the Lord has spoken concerning him. The virgin, the daughter of Zion, has despised you, laughed you to scorn. The daughter of Jerusalem has shaken her head behind your back. Whom have you reproached and blasphemed? Against whom have you raised your voice and lifted up your eyes on high? Against the Holy One of Israel. By your messengers you have reproached the Lord and said, By the multitude of my chariots I have come up to the height of the mountains, to the limits of Lebanon. I will cut down its tall cedars and its choice cypress trees. I will enter the extremity of its borders to its fruitful forest. I have dug and drunk strange water, and with the soles of my feet I have dried up all the brooks of defense. Did you not hear long ago how I made it from ancient times that I formed it? Now I have brought it to pass that you should be for crushing fortified cities into heaps of ruins. Therefore their inhabitants had little power. They were dismayed and confounded. They were as the grass of the field and the green herb, as the grass on the housetops, and grain blighted before it is grown. But I know your dwelling place, your going out and your coming in, and your rage against me. Because your rage against me and your tumult have come up to my ears, therefore I will put my hook in your nose and my bridle in your lips, and I will turn you back by the way which you came." This shall be a sign to you. You shall eat this year such as grows of itself, and in the second year what springs from the same. Also in the third year sow and reap, plant vineyards, and eat the fruit of them. And the remnant who have escaped of the house of Judah shall again take root downward and bear fruit upward. For out of Jerusalem shall go a remnant, and those who escape from Mount Zion. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. Therefore thus says the Lord concerning the king of Assyria, He shall not come into this city, nor shoot an arrow there, nor come before it with shield, nor build a siege mound against it. By the way that he came, by the same shall he return, and he shall not come into this city, says the Lord. For I will defend this city to save it for my own sake and for my servant David's sake. Now let's go over and hear the same from Isaiah chapter 37, beginning with verse 21. Then Isaiah the son of Amos sent to Hezekiah, saying, Thus says the Lord God of Israel, Because you have prayed to me against Sennacherib, king of Assyria, this is the word which the Lord has spoken concerning him. The virgin, the daughter of Zion, has despised you, laughed you to scorn. The daughter of Jerusalem has shaken her head behind your back. Whom have you reproached and blasphemed? Against whom have you raised your voice and lifted up your eyes on high? Against the Holy One of Israel." By your servants you have reproached the Lord, and said, By the multitude of my chariots I have come up to the height of the mountains, to the limits of Lebanon. I will cut down its tall cedars, and its choice cypress trees. I will enter its farthest heights, to its fruitful forest. I have dug and drunk water, 
and with the soles of my feet I have dried up all the brooks of defense. Did you not hear long ago how I made it from ancient times that I formed it? Now I have brought it to pass that you should be for crushing fortified cities into heaps of ruins. Therefore their inhabitants had little power. They were dismayed and confounded. They were as the grass of the field and the green herb, as the grass of the housetops and grain, blighted before it is grown. But I know your dwelling place, your going out and your coming in, and your rage against me. Because your rage against me and your tumult have come up to my ears, therefore I will put my hook in your nose, and my bridle in your lips, and I will turn you back by the way which you came." This shall be a sign to you. You shall eat this year such as grows of itself, and the second year what springs from the same. Also in the third year sow and reap, plant vineyards, and eat the fruit of them. And the remnant who have escaped of the house of Judah shall again take root downward and bear fruit upward. For out of Jerusalem shall go a remnant, and those who escape from Mount Zion, the zeal of the Lord of hosts, will do this." Therefore, says the Lord concerning the king of Assyria, he shall not come into this city, nor shoot an arrow there, nor come before it with shield, nor build a siege mound against it. By the way that he came, by the same he shall return. And he shall not come into this city, says the Lord, for I will defend this city to save it for my own sake and for my servant David's sake. Isaiah's prophetic reply to Hezekiah is found in the near-identical accounts of 2 Kings 19 and Isaiah 37, verses we just read. 2 Chronicles does not record Isaiah's prophecy. Well, prayer has been heard. Isaiah prophesies and says that Sennacherib's success to this point had been prophesied, but now it's over. No Jerusalem for him. He tells Hezekiah that he and his city will survive with a remnant, no fall to the Assyrian. Now notice why Jerusalem will not be conquered by the Assyrians. It's found in 2 Kings 19.34. He says, For I will defend the city to save it for my own sake and for my servant David's sake. Isaiah here prophesies that Jerusalem will not be conquered by Sennacherib's Assyrian army. Now that is a remarkable prophecy in view of the circumstances. Then we see divine deliverance for Jerusalem. We'll read 2 Kings 19, verses 35 to 37, 2 Chronicles 32, 21 to 22, and Isaiah 37, verses 36 to 38. First, 2 Kings chapter 19, verse 35. And it came to pass on a certain night that the angel of the Lord went out and killed in the camp of the Assyrians 185,000. And when people arose early in the morning, there were the corpses all dead. So Sennacherib, king of Assyria, departed and went away, returned home, and remained at Nineveh. Now it came to pass, as he was worshipping in the temple of Nisroch, his god, that his sons Adramelech and Sherezer struck him down with the sword, and they escaped into the land of Ararat. Then Esarhaddon, his son, reigned in his place. Now Isaiah 37, beginning with verse 36. Then the angel of the Lord went out and killed in the camp of the Assyrians 185,000. And when people arose early in the morning, there were the corpses, all dead. So Sennacherib, king of Assyria, departed and went away, returned home, and remained at Nineveh. Now it came to pass, as he was worshipping in the house of Nisroch, his god, and that his sons Adrimelech and Sherezer struck him down with the sword, and they escaped into the land of Ararat. 
Then Esar Haddon, his son, reigned in his place. Now, Second Chronicles chapter 32, verse 21. Then the Lord sent an angel who cut down every mighty man of valor, leader, and captain in the camp of the king of Assyria. So he returned shamefaced to his own land. And when he had gone into the temple of his God, some of his own offspring struck him down with the sword there. Thus the Lord saved Hezekiah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem from the hand of Sennacherib, the king of Assyria, and from the hand of all others, and guided them on every side. So Second Kings 19 and Isaiah 37 record identical details about what went wrong with Sennacherib and his Assyrian army surrounding Jerusalem. Second Chronicles 32 just summarizes those events. Now here's the exciting part. That very night an angel destroys, count them, 185,000 Assyrian troops, and he does it miraculously. They just wake up dead. At this point, being troop-challenged, Sennacherib returns home to Nineveh. Yes, that's Jonah's Nineveh. And there his sons assassinate him. And a third son becomes the king, the new king of Assyria. Well, Sennacherib should have spent more time child-rearing and less time warring, I guess. It's not healthy to mess with Judah's God, by the way. God had a supernatural solution to what seemed to be an impossible problem. And, by the way, even though everybody else had fallen to Assyria, Jerusalem here is spared. Nahum had prophesied regarding the death of Sennacherib in Nahum chapter 1, verses 14 and 15, including the fact that it would take place in the presence of his gods. We see in 2 Kings 19.37 and Isaiah 37.38 that Sennacherib was worshipping in the temple of Nisroch, his god, at the time that his own sons assassinated him. Now, is this an exciting story or what? This concludes our podcast for today. I'm Wayne Turner, and if you'd like to read along with our commentary online, go to www.bibletrack.org. Thank you for listening in today. The background music for these podcasts is an original composition written by the music director of Fayette Bible Church, Paul Walter. 